What is going on, everybody? It's your boy, Josh Sanchez, and welcome back. It's been a while since Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez has been on Cavalier Radio. Man, I have to go back to sophomore year. Um, obviously, a lot has changed since then. I got my internship at 6ABC, and I have grown, and Cavalier Radio has grown, has grown as well. Last time I was here, it was WYBF. Now I'm texting people the links of Cavalier Radio instead of texting WYBF. So thanks, Joe. I really uh, appreciate you on that one. But man, for today's show, we have a lot of topics to talk about. It is strictly an NFL podcast for for this week. Um, for you guys that are just listening to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez, I am a sports and mental health um, radio host. I will talk about the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, and other sports, as well as college sports as well. I'll get into college uh, starting next show. But I'm also going to throw in a mental health uh, segment as well. I'm going to end every show with a mental health segment because mental health is important. And and for those who do not realize that everyday mental health and self-reflection, we all need to do that. Um, but now, what we're going to get started with today's show is we're going to get started with Javion Clowney, obviously with the Seattle Seahawks. Javion Clowney was traded from the Houston, Texas, during the Houston Texans, my fault, to the Seattle Seahawks for exchange, a third round pick and defensive end slash outside linebacker Barkevius Mingo and Jacob Martin. ESPN, according to Adam Schefter, uh, reported it uh, last week. Um, Houston's going to pay Clowney $7 million in a signing bonus while Seattle's paying the remainder $8 million of his salary. So this is all according to Adam Schefter. And Javion Clowney has made three straight Pro, Bowl, Pro Bowls for the Houston Texans. He's 26 years old. He was the first overall pick in the 2014 NFL Draft. He had 16 tackles for loss, which is tied for ninth in the NFL last season. And over the past three seasons, he's had over 53 tackles for a loss. For those who do not know what a tackle for a loss means, what that means is when you're a defensive player, your job is to tackle the offensive player before the line of scrimmage. So whenever you tackle someone for a loss, whether that's negative uh, one yard or negative two yards or possibly even three or four yards, um, it can even go to 10 or 15. Uh, that's a tackle for a loss. So Javion Clowney has been one of the best run stoppers and he's one of the best uh, defensive ends in football. He, a lot, he, uh, he was around J.J. Watt. And J.J. Watt locked down the other side, so Javion Clowney wasn't really talked a lot um, compared to J.J. Watt, which makes perfect sense because if you want to talk about J.J. Watt, he's already a three-time defensive player of the year. So if you have a three-time defensive player of the year on the other side of you, you're obviously not going to get talked about a lot, a lot as other defensive ends. And his sacks, his sacks have always been down, according to other defensive ends. But again, those tackles for loss and that big run stopper, that's what you get out of Javion Clowney. Um, so that's one of the breaking news that I wanted to talk about with this first topic, um, because as a Houston, I, I've been a, I've been a Houston Texans guy. I'm not a fan, obviously. I'm a diehard Birds fan. I love the Eagles. I love every Philly team to the to death to the death of me for those who do know me you guys should have saw me at Super Bowl 50 uh Super Bowl 52 or around there when the Eagles won the Super Bowl I was running up and down Broad Street having a great time with friends and family it was a great time um so I'm a diehard Eagles fans for for listeners just listening in 
And, and there was also talks about Javion Clowney coming to the Eagles. But what, what hurt the deal with the Eagles was the cap hit. And I, obviously, we know the Eagles have enough cap space for Javion Clowney. But he would have cost 17, over $17 million. And that, that's just way too much money, in my opinion, for a defensive end. Especially when you just drop so much money on Carson Wentz earlier in the summer. Carson Wentz is now, he's extended for another four years. Um, Jared Goff, on a side note, he got paid. Uh, yesterday he's now the highest paying in terms of guaranteed money quarterback right now Jared Goff a guy that only scored three points in the Super Bowl last season yeah I get it he's 24 years old and has a great future ahead of him Jared Goff and in Los Angeles Rams but you put up only three points when obviously you know your Philadelphia Eagles with Nick Foles as the quarterback the year before put up 41 against that same New England defense. Yeah, Malcolm Butler wasn't there, but Bill Belichick is still running the scheme. He is one of the best defensive-minded coaches in the game. Come on now. Three points, and you have Jared Goff getting paid over $110 million guaranteed. It's a lot of money, just to let you guys know. But the NFL, it is a quarterback-driven league. Besides this Ezekiel Elliott signing yesterday, or today, breaking news literally today as I'm going to school, I found out Ezekiel Elliott signs a six-year, $90 million contract, making him the highest paid running back in, in NFL history in terms of guaranteed money. And obviously, Ezekiel Elliott deserves it. As an Eagles fan, I got to give him his props that he... He, whenever the Eagles play against the Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott shows up, which is why the Cowboys beat us twice last season. And it, and it sucks for me to say that, and I hate it. I hate it. It makes me want to just throw up every time I say it. But you got to give credit when credit is due. The Dallas Cowboys stomped the Eagles both times this, uh, this past season. And Ezekiel Elliott was known for that famous hurdle over the Eagles' safety um, when, when, they, when the two teams played in Philly Sunday night. Ezekiel Elliott has killed the Philadelphia Eagles throughout his career. And not just the Eagles, he's killed everybody. He's led the league in rushing yards per game for the past three seasons. Only four other guys have done that. that and that's according to ESPN, just to let you guys know. But back to the topic about Javion Clowney, uh, number one overall pick. The Texans, they needed to get rid of him. He was costing them too much money. Now they have more room in the cap space and in the, in the depth to now sign other players that can complement Deshaun Watson in Houston. In terms of who won this trade, Seattle got a really good defensive end and him under Clowney with Clowney under Pete Carroll is going to be a dangerous, is going to be a very dangerous um, duo. So that's something to look for in Seattle. Seattle needed that defensive just superstar that can just stop, that can just stuff the run and can just dominate a game. So that's what they get out of uh, Javion Clowney. And what the Texans get is they get a third round pick. And the Seahawks will probably get a third round pick as well. Once because of Javion Clowney walks. Because that, that was another thing about the Eagles. If the Eagles were going to get Clowney, it was going to be for a one year deal. And then you get rid of him and you get a third round pick. Like the Eagles did with Nick Foles this past offseason. By rule, there's an NFL rule that states if you just let somebody walk. Sort of like what the Eagles did in, with Nick Foles and you pay their full salary, you get a third round pick, an extra pick in the draft. Hey, I'll take that. That's easy. That's easy for me. That, that third round pick can be a superstar. Tom Brady was a sixth round pick 
So that's just something for you guys to just think about. So as I talk about the Seahawks, now you have a Seattle Seahawks defense that has Javion Clowney, obviously, as your defensive end. They, they have Bobby Wagner, uh, an, an underrated, you want to talk about, does not get enough credit. Bobby Wagner is one of the best linebackers in all of football. And you have those two now, they have that big duo. And then you have Sakeem Griffin, uh, his famous story with the one with, with playing with just one hand. Uh, he is an absolute stud on the side, uh, on the outside. And you have those other corners that that are going to complement this young core defense, mixed with veterans and Bobby Wagner and also youth and Clowney and others. Because Clowney's only 26, he hasn't even hit his prime yet. So that's going to be something special for Seattle. So in terms of who won this deal, I feel like this deal was good for both teams. Obviously, a lot of people are going to say. JV, uh, the Seattle Seahawks won that deal because they got a superstar in Clowney. Like, what are the Texans doing for losing a guy like that? But the Texans knew what they were doing. Um, they, 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 they definitely knew what they were doing. Uh, and, and this is a future-oriented deal because you because JJ Watts costing you money. Uh, Deshaun Watson's going to cost you even more money because he's worth every penny and it's a quarterback-driven league. So you got to get ready for that. And speaking of Texans, uh, I know Lamar uh, Miller uh, tore his ACL in the preseason, so that's going to be a huge loss for the Texans in terms of their running back play. But again, if you guys have any agreements or disagreements before I wrap up this first topic of Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez today, um, feel free to call into the station and also voice your opinions on my own personal Instagram page. That is Swoop Radio underscore. You guys can DM me. And just voice your opinions. Be like, hey, I don't agree here. And if you guys want to record um, a podcast with me outside of Cavalier Radio, I'm more than welcome to. Because I do have a Scoop Radio podcast every Mondays and Thursdays at 6 o'clock Eastern Time. But now as we transition to the second topic of today's Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. Earlier, I talked about Javion Clowney getting traded to the Seattle Seahawks. And wow, that was very interesting. And also, the Philadelphia Eagles were in talks of Javion Clowney. Obviously, they did not make the deal. But I think it's a good thing because the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. This is my uh, Eagles, my Eagle fan coming out of me. But now we're going to transition to the second topic of today's Super Radio with Josh Sanchez. Earlier, again, talked about Javion Clowney, but now we're going to talk about Rob Gronkowski and we're also going to connect to what Rob Gronkowski said and about the mental health of athletes in the current NFL and as well as college, high school. If you ever have played a sport, you can probably relate to uh, to this topic because, because mental health needs to be talked about more. It needs to be expressed more. And for those who did not listen to Rob Gronkowski's um, interview with the New York Times, it was very, it was very, um, it was a very good interview. I, I listened to it, and what he talked about was there's been a recent trend now with the NFL players. Obviously, we know what Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck retired early because of injury. Uh, Rob Gronkowski also had retired early because of injury, and this guy has suffered a lot of in- injuries from his back to his knees. Remember him wearing a big, he's known for his big um, arm brace that he wore in the Super Bowl couple, oh, I can't say Super Bowl, my apologies. Um, I gotta say paid content or something like that. But Rob Gronkowski 
Um, he said in the Times how he does not miss football. It's the problem with playing a, a professional sport year in and year out is like just the toll it takes on your body. And one of the best quotes from that interview that really stuck out to me, and I think that if there's anything to take away from this topic, you guys should listen to this part. But the question was, you played your last game at 29. Calvin Johnson was 30. Andrew Luck was 29. And Patrick Willis and some other stars retired that age range as well. Every time one of these guys steps away from the game, people seem shocked. Do you think they were shocked by your decision? That was the question. Now, here's Rob Gronkowski's answer. I feel like people weren't really surprised with my decision because they all saw what I've been through. People saw it coming, like last year when my numbers were down. I was struggling a little bit. People could see that I, was not, I wasn't as fast as I normally was and wasn't making plays like I normally do. So I feel like it wasn't a surprise. I feel like people were just sad about it. And that makes perfect sense um, for Rob Gronkowski to say that because if you guys, if you, if you want to look at the numbers for Rob Gronkowski's career, again, he, he is an absolute stud, but he's right. He, his numbers were starting to fall uh, in like as he got older with age and as the injuries um as the in injuries um surfaced um he went from being an all pro earlier in his career to not even making a pro bowl and just looking at the numbers as now i pull up the numbers he's a five-time pro bowler he has caught over 500 catches for 7861 yards and 79 touchdowns in his career he's a four-time all pro he made the All-Pro in his first Pro Bowl at age 22 when he played all 16 games for the Patriots, caught 90 catches for, for 1,327 yards and 17 touchdowns. That was at age 22. Now let's read his last season, 2018. He was 29 years old. He played in 13 games, only started 11. He had 47 catches from, for 682 yards and three touchdowns. You go from getting 17 touchdowns in 2011 to just three in 2018. I don't care who you are. The the mental effects on that on on that drastic drop of play will always get to you. I don't care if you play in high school and have a great junior year and struggle senior year, or or if you're in college and you have a great freshman year but you struggle sophomore year. You you it, the fact that you realize that you can never get back to you like to where you once were that's that's mentally draining and that's mentally exhausting and that's one of the reasons why so many players have retired early especially running backs like i know and and when running backs retire they retire on the top i know um barry sanders retired after he led the league in rushing or something a crazy stat like that i remember reading that a couple weeks ago i was like wow Barry Sanders retired. He retired early. And for those who do not know who Barry Sanders is, you guys better look up a, a football history book because he's one of the best running backs of all time. And he did it in such a small, in a, in a short time span. And he was a, like the Detroit Lions are not really known for being a football team. But when you think of the Detroit Lions, you think of Barry Sanders. That's one of the first people that come up. And then obviously their 0-16 season in 2008. <laughs> Sorry for all my Lions fans listening. It's a rough one in Detroit. Imagine if you're a Detroit fan right now. You have the Lions, mediocre. The Tigers, oh goodness, they lost three World Series recently. Like, they just can't get over to home. So, it sucks to be a Detroit uh, Lions fan, in my opinion. But anyway, 
Rob Gronkowski only started 16 games once in his career. 2012, he played 11 games. 2013, he had that first injury. He only played six games. 2014, he only started 10 games, but he played 15 games. 2015, he played, and he still made All-Pro in 2014. He had 82 catches for 1,100 yards and 12 touchdowns. And, when he, and, and then the following season, 2015, he played in 15 games, started in 15 games, caught over 1,100 yards, and had 11 touchdowns. So five of Gronk's nine seasons in the NFL, he had at least 10 touchdowns. So he's a touch, touchdown machine, and he obviously cooked the Eagles in the postseason, I, I, in, the super, uh, in, the, uh, in the big game. That's what I'm going to call it, the big game. Cannot say Super Bowl. I apologize. Jill, if you're listening to my radio professor, I apologize. I have to say um, the big game. Because for those, for those who do not remember, when the Eagles took on the Patriots in the big game, Rob Gronkowski, to start off the third quarter, it was literally the most pathetic drive from an Eagles defensive standpoint. I remember watching the game. I was just screaming on the top of my lungs. Tom Brady literally threw it to Gronk four straight times, and the Eagles knew that he was going to throw it to Rob Gronkowski. Anyone in the world, he couldn't even watch football for a snap, would have been like, oh yeah, he's going to throw it to Rob Gronkowski here. He threw it to Gronk four straight times to start the third quarter. Bam, 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 bam. 20 yards each play, pretty much. Touchdown. New England Patriots. Very, that was a very frustrating game. The very frustrating sequence um, <laughs> for me um, watching that game. So Rob Gronkowski, obviously now back to the main topic. Rob Gronkowski, four-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time Super Bowl champion. So how, and then obviously he talks about the rest of his career, how he always had to play with um, like some standards, like he wanted the party. And he always expressed it like his view of partying, but he never let it go too far out and too crazy like Johnny Manziel did or like how others have done in the past that have had that big standpoint and that big, um, um, like, like the big pressure of the social life. Um, but now that he's 30, um, Rob Gronkowski can now enjoy his life, just like how Andrew Luck felt when you get an injury. The mental psyche on the injury, according to, I found another article that's going to clear my point perfectly. So, according to the NCAA Sports Science Institute, the, the article title is called Mind, Body, and Sport, How Being Injured Affects Mental Health. Some emotional responses to being injured, sadness, isolation, irritation, lack of motivation, anger, frustration, changes in appetite, sleep disturbance, and disengagement. Depending on what type of personality you have as an athlete will determine these symptoms. Because think about it, when you are injured, and especially when you are an athlete, you train to be the fastest, you train to be the strongest, you train to just make your body even faster, even stronger than it was before. I remember I used to do it for football all the time. I did three football workouts and I did an extra speed workout every Saturday um, with friends from time to time. And each of those workouts, you felt bigger, faster, stronger. You felt like you were getting in better shape. When you get injured, you have to stop that process. And the rest of your body's trained to go, 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 go. But the injured part of your body is not recovered. 
and you have to wait for that injured part of your body to get back into the swing of things and then you can get going. And, then the, and depending on the severity of the injury, Demarcus Cousins is the perfect example. He tore his Achilles once his Achilles was fine and he got back and he pushed through. Then he tore his quad. Now he had to go through another rehab process and had to go through that journey again of getting back on the court. Then once he tore his quad, now he tore his ACL over the summer. So now the Marcus Cousins is never going to be the same player it was again. And that's and that stinks from a basketball fan, from a sports fan, because the Marcus Cousins before that injury was averaging 28 and 13 in his sleep, hitting three pointers, shooting over, shooting around 40 percent from three. And he's a seven foot center like that's it's that's just crazy but as an athlete when you push yourself so hard and you try and strive to be the best and and you just continue to push when you have an injured body part that limits you that hurts you and that's the real that's one of the frustrating parts about the game of sports and whether that's high school i remember in high school i hurt my hip i wanted i was battling for a starting job preseason, and i hurt my hip and I had to go through rehab for a month, to, and I missed the whole preseason for high school. And then I was on the bench, and then I finally got my starting opportunity seven games in, and I took advantage of it. But not a lot of people were as lucky as what I experienced. And and just overcoming that that mindset of injury. That's why Andrew Luck was done. And to the fans that booed Andrew Luck, shame on you because. Football is more than a game. The athletes are more than just entertainers. They uh, they have a life. They have they're like they're just they're just like normal people. And whether that's Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, athletes like they all work hard and they put in extra work every single day. A lot of people see the finished product, which is on Sundays and Saturdays, but a lot of people do not see the Monday through Friday, the practices, the two a days you had to go through the. The workouts you do, the side workouts you do, the extra training camps you go to, the combines you go to, depending on the sport. If you do basketball, AAU basketball, all those extra games that don't get televised. And the second you get an injury, like the like the article said, you get sad. You like you're gonna start isolating yourself. You feel like that all your work is done for nothing now and that that things will never change. But there is a way to recover with that. And that is through mental relaxation, calming the mind, calming the body, and just that constant positive reinforcement. Having that one person to reinforce you to, hey, like, it doesn't matter what injury you come from, you can come back. Because injuries come and go. And Gronk, the reason why Gronk couldn't handle it anymore, because it was like his fourth injury. The, re- the reason why Andrew Luck couldn't handle it anymore is because it was his fourth injury. And he went and he had major surgeries shoulder surgery in 2016 or 2017 around those either or around those years um and you and you have you're coming off a major surgery and then you hurt yourself again it like that that right there is the icing on the cake but depending on the severity of the injury and depending on the sport and depending on the athlete that's what it all depends on but those are some symptoms if you know somebody that is an athlete that is going through injury just think of those um, responses, like I said, is is the athlete sad? Is he feeling isolated? Is he feeling irritated? Is he lack is he lacking uh, a motivation? Because in an, as an athlete, one of the best qualities of athletes is that motivation factor. That take no 
like no matter what life hits me with i'm gonna i'm motivated i'm gonna push through anger frustration changes of appetite can't sleep and disengagement those are some symptoms of um athletes that those are some symptoms that you have to look for in 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 an athlete but as coaches if you're a coach listening to this when a player is experiencing injury you have to be supportive of that player you can't to diminish their their injury or put more pressure on them because all that does is just ruin their mental health and it and it lacks their confidence what what like one of the worst feelings as an athlete is when you're when you know your confidence is gone and you don't trust your abilities anymore because as an athlete you're taught to trust your abilities to work on your body and to mentally and not mentally but to physically repair for yourself prepare for yourself your game and when you feel like like when you lose an injury in, when you get injured it feels like a significant loss it's like you're losing somebody like that's the feeling like it, you feel like a part of you will never be the same and that's a scary feeling to have so Gronk felt this way he expressed it in the New York Times Andrew Luck felt this way and that's why they called it quit, quit so early Calvin Johnson did it Barry Sanders did it Patrick Willis did it. Patrick Willis. Oh, man, I remember him with the 49ers. He was an absolute stud. Man, you want to talk about one of the best tacklers in football in a short period of time. Patrick Willis. Look up his look up his statistics and come back and call into the station. And then we'll have a great talk about um, that. But some some there's some other symptoms like as it gets worse, um, Worsening symptoms are alterations of appetite leading to disorder eating. So, so anorexia, um, bulimia, those are some symptoms like because injury can lead to that. Lack of motivation leading to apathy, sadness leading to depression, disengagement leading to alienation. So when the player just does not become at all like he just is just away from the team, not talking to anyone and not becoming like, like, like just like just feeling alienated like you have no purpose you're a robot um Carson Wentz talked a lot about when he overcame his back injury how when he came back to the locker room like he just felt like he wasn't himself when he was throwing passes and leading the league in passing touchdowns and on his way to win his first MVP in 2017 obviously we all know Carson Wentz tore his ACL his MCL and his PCL or like three ligaments in his leg he tore and Carson Wentz was so focused on getting back and we obviously we all know what happened with Nick Foles he wins a Super Bowl uh he wins the big game not Super Bowl I apologize he wins the big game and that affect Carson health Carson Wentz's mental health because we saw he came back he rushed it he he uh, an ACL tear usually when you tear three ligaments in your knee it takes about at least at least 12 months a year to be recovered but Carson Wentz came back in nine months and he just was not the same. He overcame a back injury and he lost himself in the locker room. He became alienated. And that's a mental health topic that needs to be talked about. And I know a lot of people in Philadelphia radio should talk about that more, about how Carson Wentz did not feel like himself in the locker room. He expressed it in his many interviews. So definitely look up Carson Wentz as well. Rob Gronkowski, Andrew Luck. Mental health is a very important topic. But you guys are listening to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez. <laughs> Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez is back. Hope you guys have enjoyed the first two topics. Swoop Radio gave you guys a little mental health sporting topic, something different that a lot of people need to realize 
Um, sports psychology is a growing field. I plan to become a sports psychologist once I graduate school. Obviously, I'm a senior at Cabrini University. This is my last hoorah, and I can tell you, man, classes are insane for me because I'm a dual major in psychology and comm. So I'm taking about 17 to 18 credits a semester. So it is a lot to handle. But the payoff is you come out of school with two degrees. So, so it's good to talk about some sports psychology. And also earlier, I talked about Javion Clowney as well as Ezekiel Elliott got paid. Ching, man. Uh, imagine being Ezekiel Elliott right now. You led, you have led the league in rushing for the past three seasons in terms of yards per game, and you get paid ninety million dollars. You're now the highest paid running back ever, and in a, in a quarterback driven league. And your your owner is Jerry Jones, so he finessed Jerry Jones. So I, I mean, I it's about Ezekiel Elliott. I'm feeling great right now, but obviously. Now, it is time for Sanchez's picks. For those who do not know this segment, this, is, this, this segment sorry, is going to be called Sanchez's Final Picks. Uh, not Final Picks. Sanchez's Picks. I'm still figure, figuring out a name for it. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick five, five or six games from each week of the NFL, and I'm going to give you guys my predictions. And I'm also going to give you guys my, uh, my take on it. Because obviously the sports nerd in me is coming out as I give you guys these picks. So the first game I'm going to pick, and I'm going to pick this game every week. Whoever the Eagles play, I'm going to pick that game. Uh, this is just my win-loss, and I will also update you guys on how I did last week. And also how I did uh, for the following weeks. I'm going to update the standings, and I'll give you guys my picks. So it's called Sanchez's NFL Picks. That's the segment. Remember that on air. Sanchez's football picks so starting with game number one i'm going to do the washington redskins at the philadelphia eagles the eagles finished nine and seven last year and really finished the season on a high note the eagles went five and three at home last season obviously we know their losses were to the carolina panthers the stinking panthers the dallas cowgirls uh, I'll, I'll call them cow men because they did beat us in uh in philly and then the Eagles also lost to the Minnesota Vikings. The Washington Redskins away record was four and four. Um, uh, the Washington Redskins division record was two and four last year. The Eagles was four and two. Obviously, the Eagles swept the Washington Redskins last season, winning both games. So, and the Eagles have won. They, the Eagles finished their season on a three-game winning streak, whereas Washington finished their um, season on a two-game losing streak. One thing with Alex Smith at quarterback. The Redskins will never turn the football over. Their turnover margin last year was plus seven, whereas the Eagles was minus six. So if there's a way for the Washington Redskins to win this game, it's to commit turnovers because in terms of yardage, the, the Washington Redskins ranked 28th in the NFL in total yardage last year, averaging, over, averaging under 300 yards per game and ranked 29th in points scored, averaging 17 and a half points a game. Rushing, they got a they had a great rushing attack with Adrian Peterson, who ran over a thousand yards last season. On the Eagles, on the other side of this of the spectrum, the Eagles were middle of the pack in terms of offense. They were 28th in rushing yards a game, but the Eagles got Jordan Howard, and they also have Miles Sanders, so that they have a new and improved rushing attack, and also have more and improved weapons in the Philadelphia Eagles compared to last season. 
In terms of defense, the Eagles ranked 23rd in yards per, allowed per game at over 360 yards per game. But the Eagles were one of the best in, ru in rushing yards allowed, ranking 7th. They were, man, they were 30th in against the pass. So this Eagles secondary... If there's ways to attack the Eagles secondary, if you're Alex Smith, is the second is the Eagles secondary in the passing game. In terms of running the football, you have strength in Washington Redskins versus strength in the Philadelphia Eagles in defense. In terms of offense, you're not going to turn the ball over in Washington, but they're not going to hit you with big plays. The Eagles also got the Sean Jackson, so that's going to be a very interesting um, stat line in terms of that game. Um, but in terms of when the two teams played each other uh, last year, uh, the Eagles really dominated the Redskins uh, in terms of um, play last season. So, obviously, as I'm, I'm not speaking from an Eagles fan, I, I'm, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this game. I don't think they're going to cover the spread, and I will get to that later on my show. I'm going to give you guys, uh, it's going to be called Sanchez's betting picks, my betting line for the week. I'm going to give you guys four games to bet on. And I'm going to give you guys five. That's going to be next segment, though. But with game number one, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to defeat the Washington Redskins in this game. My final score is Eagles 31, Redskins 17. I think the Eagles are going to cover the spread. My fault. I should have corrected myself there. I think the Eagles are going to cover the spread. And I think that there's going to be a lot of points scored for the Eagles. Deshaun Jackson is going to have an explosive gain i know we i know he's playing with a finger injury but i think carson wentz and him are going to connect on the deep ball at least once week one and it's going to get the eagles fans excited and fired up for the season so for my first pick i got the eagles defeating the washington redskins 31 to 17 so you guys heard this vote first on swoop radio with josh sanchez eagles 31 redskins 17 and what it comes down to for the Redskins to win this game before I wrap up this game, they're going to need to force turnovers on Carson Wentz, pressure Carson Wentz, and they're going to have to limit their turnovers, which they do very well, and run the football and, and take the clock away. You're not going to get explosive plays from the Washington Redskins right now, especially with Alex Smith as their quarterback. He's a good quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback. So, which, and the stats prove it. So, that is my biggest takeaway from the Eagles and Redskins game. For the Eagles to win, obviously, it comes down to Carson Wentz and his play. I think Carson Wentz is going to play amazing. And that defense stopping Adrian Peterson, making Alex Smith beat you with through the air and not with his legs, that's, that's what the Eagles have to do. And pressure, pressure, pressure. That Eagles defensive line needs to have pressure. In terms of the Eagles secondary, there's yeah, there's not that one true lockdown corner, but the Eagles have so much depth at the quarterback position and Sidney Jones has looked really good in preseason and in training camp. So that's just something to look forward to if you're an Eagles fan. So Eagles 31 Redskins 17. Now my next game, my second game I have on my list is the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are home. Obviously they have that new and improved offense. They have a stud in Odell Beckham. They have an absolute Dog and Jarvis Landry, and they have a great quarterback in Baker Mayfield. And they're home, the dog pound, everyone's excited. Tennessee went 9-7 last year. The thing what gets Tennessee is their running game. They rank 7th in football in rushing yards. Cleveland really struggled on defense in terms of yards allowed, points allowed. 
and rushing yards allowed. They, they allowed over 131 rushing yards per game. And I think that that's going to really hurt the Cleveland Browns in this game. Um, a lot of people are hyped with the Cleveland Browns with Odell and, and all their explosiveness. But, but I think it's going to take them a couple weeks to gel and to really mesh. I know, and I also know Odell Beckham is playing through a little bit of an injury. The Tennessee Titans are a very interesting team to bet on. And they're a very interesting team to pick on because you just don't know what they're going to get from them, from, from the Tennessee Titans. They have Marcus Mariota, who is an absolute stud as a quarterback, but he doesn't he's not really a flashy type of guy. Uh, Corey Davis really hurt the Eagles uh, a couple uh, last season, so I think he's going to step up in this game. And Tennessee went 9-7. And they have a home record. They went six and two at home. They went five and three in a, away. In terms of offense, they rank bottom of the league, 25th in total yards, 27th in points scored a game, uh, rushing yards, seventh, passing yards, 29th in the league. But in terms of defense, overall, they had a top 10 defense in football, eighth in total yards allowed, like the fewest yards allowed, third in fewest points, 18th in fewest rushing yards, and sixth in passing yards. Cleveland does have a lot of weapons in Chubb as a running back. They also have uh, David Njeku, tight end from uh, for, for Cleveland. So Cleveland has a very solid team, and they won 7-8-1 and did really well at home. They won 5-2-1 at home. They posted their best mark in years. And I want the Cleveland Browns to do good, but I believe, I think, that the Tennessee Titans are going to be able to run the football and I think the Tennessee Titans are going to pull the upset in Cleveland. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think the Tennessee Titans will beat the Cleveland Browns 24-20. to So that is Tennessee Titans. As I'm writing this down so I can uh, keep an eye on this for next weekend. 24-20 to over the Cleveland Browns. I, just, I think the Cleveland Browns will have a couple of explosive plays and show you guys that they're there. But I think week one, they're not going to win. Now, week two, different story. But I got the Tennessee Titans winning 24-20. to 20. Next game, as I go, I'll go through my list. The next game I have is obviously the Thursday night game between the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. This is the 100th season of football. Why not start it with one of the most historical rivalries in football? Green Bay went 6-9-1 last year. They went 1-7 on the road. And... They, they have a new head coach, Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy left Green Bay. And that, 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 that really sucks to hear that because Mike McCarthy did a good job in Green Bay. But it was time for him to go. Um, in terms of the Green Bay Packers, yes, like, yes, they have Aaron Rodgers, but what else do they have? And against this Chicago Bears team that is just loaded on the defensive side of the ball, the Eagles got lucky on that field goal, let's be honest. But the Bears ranked number one in defense in points, fewest points allowed and fewest rushing yards a game and ranked third overall in third fewest in total yards allowed. They allowed less than 300 yards a game. Aaron Rodgers is going to give you some plays, but I think the Chicago Bears are going to win this one. The Bears went 12-4. and four. The Green Bay Packers just don't have enough. Um, I know Aaron Rodgers can... can move out the pocket and really extend plays. But in terms of rush, the rushing attack, the Packers ranked 22nd in rushing yards and offense, ranked 12th in total yards a game, 14th in points scored, and 9th in passing yards. The Bears' offense is ready to take steps forward with Mitchell, with Mitchell Trubisky. I know he's not a flash and dash type of player. He kind of reminds you of like Jared Goff 
he gets the job done, makes good solid throws, but in terms of winning you the game, he's not going to win you the game. That's just the type of person Mitchell Trubisky is, and he was a perfect perfect example when we played against the um, Philadelphia Eagles when we played the Bears in the playoffs. There was many opportunities where the Bears defense stopped Nick Foles in that Eagles attack, but when it came down to it and pressure came in most, Mitchell Trubisky really did not show up. Yeah, he threw a go-ahead passing touchdown in the fourth quarter, but Nick Foles answered, and what did Mitchell Trubisky do? Nothing. So, so again, that's what it comes down to with the Bears and this season coming up is him. If he can really step up and play, they have Trey Burton. They have Allen Robinson. They have weapons on the outside. It's whether or not Trubisky is going to take the next steps, and I think he will, and especially playing in Chicago, I think the Bears will also cover as well. They are a three-point favorite. I got the Bears defeating the Green Bay Packers 28-18. to 18. I got a funky score. I think Rodgers gives... The Packers two passing touchdowns, but I think that's it. That defense is loaded. So I got the Bears winning 28 to 18. My scores don't have to be exact as long as I get the team right. So I got the Bears winning tomorrow night. And that's just due to their defense and the way how they just hit the quarterback. I know last season Aaron Rodgers, the Bears were up 21-0, and Rodgers led that historic comeback last season with the Green Bay Packers. But the game was also in Green Bay. And the game being in Chicago with that rivalry and with that defense, Khalil Mack said it. He's ready to hit somebody. So you're going to see a lot of hits week one, especially with Khalil Mack. So I got the Bears winning 28-18, Eagles winning 31-17, and I have the Tennessee Titans beating the Browns 24-20 in week one. As I move on to my fourth game, and I have five games on my list, I have the Atlantic I was trying to think of some like funky games to pick, and this is one of them. I have the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Minnesota Vikings. The game is at Minnesota. The Atlanta Falcons are and Minnesota Vikings, they both missed the playoffs last season after making the postseason two years ago. Um, Atlanta went 7-9, and nine, and once they lost to the Eagles week one, and when once both of their safeties came toward their ACLs, it was just going to be that year for Atlanta. Their defense ranked 28th in total yards allowed, 25th in points allowed, 25th in rushing yards allowed, and 27th in passing yards allowed. But what really hurt them, obviously, was the fact that they lost both their safeties. I don't care what team you are. If you lose both of your safeties, you're screwed. You're you're just screwed, and you, like, I just don't know what to tell you. So the Minnesota Vikings finished 8-7-1 last season. Atlanta finished 7-9. Atlanta ranked in the top 10 in points scored, total yardage, and passing yardage for offense. Minnesota ranked 30th in rushing yards, 20th in total yards, and 19th in points scored a game, 13th in passing yards. I'm going to have to go with the Minnesota Vikings in this game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Minnesota will not cover the spread. They are four-point favorites. I got the Vikings defeating the Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons 31-28. to 28. I think it comes down to a game-winning field goal, and I think the Vikings will prevail. Being at home will give them that advantage. For the fifth and final game before we take a quick little break with Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez, or not a quick little break, a little public service announcement and go through that break. The last game that Swoop Radio is going to pick for my five games a week is the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. 
The game is at Dallas. These teams always play each other week one. It seems like it's always an historic matchup between the Cowboys and the Giants. The Giants literally have no offensive weapons whatsoever other than Saquon Barkley. Golden Tate is suspended. Sterling Shepard is your number one, and you lose Odell Beckham. A couple of your receivers were part of, I, I believe, some off-the-field issues. They got cut. So it's it just shows you just real like the Giants it's full rebuild this year Eli Manning are going to ride Eli Manning off to the sunset and let him be the best person he can be Um, in terms of the Giants they ranked middle in the pack in offense towards the bottom in defense Dallas ranked top 10 in defense top 10 in rushing attack but they really struggled with throwing the football but but adding Amari Cooper is going to add a little explosiveness and having him for the full season I got the Dallas Cowboys beating the Giants in this game. I think the Giants keep it close, closer than people think. And the Giants won 5-11 last year. I think that they, the Giants might end up winning seven games this year, six or seven, because a lot of teams are writing them off. I, I got the Giants winning over, winning more games than they did last season. But not this game in week one. I got the Cowboys beating the Giants 20, 27-20. I think that Ezekiel Elliott... He's not going to be in the best of shape, but I think he's going to score a couple touchdowns. I think Saquon Barkley is going to score a couple touchdowns. But I think what it's going to come down to is that Dallas Cowboys defense stopping the run. And I think they'll do a lot better job than the Giants will in terms of that style, that style of play. So before we take a quick little um, a quick little um, music break with Swoop Ready with Josh Sanchez, like my picks are for you guys to mark your pen and pencil. I have the Eagles beating the Redskins 31-17. The Titans beating the Browns 24 to 20. I have the Bears beating the uh, Packers 28 to, four, to 18, and I have I have the Vikings beating the Atlanta Falcons 31 to 28. And my last game, I have the Dallas Cowboys beating the New York Giants 27 to 20. But you guys listen to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on 89.1 WYBF FM Cavalier Radio. Swoop Radio will be right back next. For the next segment, I will give you guys some bets to choose for week one. And you guys heard that, folks. Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez is back. I hope you guys enjoyed a little bit of those public service announcements and as well as uh, the quick little Cabrini Live reach out. But now we're going to transition. Earlier, I did my, um, I did my bets um, earlier this week, but I did my picks. Um, I, I did my picks. If you guys missed that last segment, that is on you guys. But now we're going to transition to the betting pits. So now it's time for Sanchez's betting picks. I will make four betting picks a year or a week, and we'll determine if I am right or am I wrong. So for my first bet, I'm going to bet obviously the Rams over the Panthers and here's why I would bet the Rams over the Panthers the Rams right now according to NFL spreads uh, spread lines uh, in the in the Pennsylvania region um, this website has all the spreads and all the up-to-date news um, for the game I'm taking the Rams because right now the Rams are sitting at only a two and a half point favorite um, over to Carolina Panthers. I know the game's at Carolina, but Cam Newton's health. Cam Newton is not fully 100% in this game. He, For those who do not know, he, he was in a walking boot just two weeks ago. 
So there's no way that Cam Newton is going to be fully 100%. I know the game's at home and that Carolina defense is very tough, but can they stop Todd Gurley? Can they st stop Jared Goff in that high-powered offense? That is a very, that's a huge question mark. And at only, at only two and a half points, the Rams just have to win by three to win. So that's my first pick. I would definitely bet on the Rams this week and to win big. Um, another bet that I would choose is the Packers and Bears on Thursday night. I'm a big fan of betting Thursday night football games because they're usually one-sided. And obviously, this one being an historic rivalry, the Bears are only three-point favorites over Green Bay. And I know Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers and what Aaron Rodgers did the first week. That was historic. Don't get me wrong. But come on now. Only three points, and the Bears had the number one defense in football last season, and they have a guy in Khalil Mack that's ready to hit somebody. The Packers ain't gonna score that much on the on the Chicago Bears. They're not gonna put up more than 20 points. If they do put up more than 20, it'll be like 21 points. But I think the Bears offense will get enough with Mitchell Trubisky, and I think that they will be ready for um that one. So I would bet the Chicago Bears in this one. They're only minus three. They only have to win by more than three points, and I believe that the Bears will. Another game to bet on is the Vikings and the Falcons. This game is going to be a very good game. And like I said for my bets, I think the Falcons are going to keep it close, and I think it's going to come down to a game winner. And I'm taking the Falcons plus four over the Minnesota Vikings this week. I think that the, Val the Falcons can keep it close, and I know it's going to be tough because they're on the road, but... This defense is getting all their all their defensive pieces back. You're going to see a very explosive and flying high and speed demon in the uh, Falcons defense. And the Vikings really struggled with running the football last season. So I believe that the Atlanta Falcons will keep it close. And I think that they will cover the spread in this one. And my fourth and final game. This one is my on the spot, on the fly type of game as I'm going through the spread list. Um, obviously, the Colts and the Chargers. The Colts not having um, Andrew Luck is going to really hurt them in this game, but I'm not going to bet that game. Um, the game that I'm going to choose is the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins stink. From top to bottom, they stink. Um, at, at, like, at quarterback, you have Josh Rosen. What has he proven? Or Ryan Tannehill. Like, they're just mediocre guys. And this Baltimore Ravens defense, yes, they lost a lot. And you also have Ryan Fitzpatrick, too. My apologies. I did not give him any credit. But... The Ravens squad is very is just well stacked. Lamar Jackson is going to be explosive week one. Miami's not going to be able to find a way to contain him in the pocket. The Baltimore Ravens are seven point favorites, but the Ravens played the Dolphins last year on Thursday night and they annihilated them. They won 44 to nothing. So I'm going based off of their last matchup and also where these teams stack up defensively and offensively. The Ravens rank one of the top defenses and a mediocre offense, but I think that offense gets better now with Lamar Jackson getting used to the system and getting a full year under his belt. So that's the fourth game I would bet is the Baltimore Ravens. So here's the four teams I would bet. The Falcons, they're, they're plus four. The Baltimore Ravens, they're minus seven. The Bears are minus three, and the Rams are minus three. I don't know what, I don't know what you guys do, but I know what I usually do is I usually... Um, we'll bet three teams on a ticket and do multiple teams. I usually do the parlays, but depending on what you choose, those are some games to look out for. Some other games. So those are the four games I picked, but I'm going to go through the spreads for each team and then Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez 
we'll take another quick break and transition for my final topic which is going to be a mental health topic we're going to talk about abusive relationships because it's important to have relationships with people and understand if you're in an abusive relationship or not so here's the games for week one and the spreads just to educate you guys and for my betting fans out there thursday you have the bears minus three packers plus three the browns and titans game the browns are five and a half point favorites the ravens and miami game the ravens are seven point favorites the falcons and vikings the vikings are four point favorites the Jets and Bills, the Jets are minus three-point favorites. The Eagles and Redskins, the Eagles are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. The Chargers and the Rams, I'm gonna the Rams and Panthers, the Rams are two-and-a-half-point favorites. The Chiefs and Jaguars, the Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The Colts and the Chargers, the Chargers are six-and-a-half-point favorites. The Seahawks and the Bengals, the Seahawks are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. The Lions and the Cardinals, the Cardinals are two and a half point favorites. The 49ers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that has not been determined yet, but right now it's a pick 'em game minus one uh, for um, the 49ers. The Patriots and Steelers, Sunday night, the Steelers are, uh, the Patriots are five and a half point favorites. The Texans and the Saints, the Saints are seven point favorites. Then you have a pick 'em between the Broncos and Raiders, both at minus. The Broncos, the uh, Broncos are are a point favorite. So those are the spreads for Week One, and those are my four picks for Week One. Whether you guys agree or disagree, uh, just let Swoop Radio know. Again, you can check out Swoop Radio on Instagram at Swoop Radio underscore if you guys have any questions, and also check out Swoop Radio on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. All you have to do is search Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez and also have my mental health podcast as well, Behavior Vortex. I will post all my mental health topics on the Behavior Vortex uh, that is non-sports related. Anything sports related will be on Swoop Radio. But Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez is going to take a quick quick, quick little um, break here. And you guys are listening to Swoop Radio with Josh Sanchez on... Thank you.